This is The Hiker Podcast, a show where I, Owen Hamilton, host and CMO for Hiker, speak to some of the most amazing and inspiring people in the outdoors. I speak to riders, trail organizations, through hikers, and the people that are working to ensure that the outdoors is an open and inclusive space for everybody. podcast is brought to you by Hiker, the suite of applications and websites that provide you with thousands of hiking trails all around the world. Download the Hiker app for free now in your Google Play Store or Apple Store or head over to hiker.app to find the trail for you. really excited about our guest this week someone who i have been following for for quite a while across social media and just in the media on the internet Teresa baker she is the founder of the outdoor ceo pledge and co-founder of the outdoors oath she's an activist she's a hiker she's a self-confessed outdoor junkie and a certified troublemaker Teresa's work over the past number of years has led her to influence some of the biggest brands and companies in the outdoor industry to, I suppose, change how they do business, how they employ people, how they appoint people to their board and how they market their products. As well as this, Teresa has done some incredible work and has been an immensely powerful voice in the climate change and environmental protection discourse, specifically in the outdoors space, uh, along with uh, drag queen, adore adventurer and uh, environmental activist Patagonia, the founder of Latino Adores Jose Gonzalez and uh, Gabacha, another adore adventurer. They launched the Outdoors Oath, which calls upon individuals to, I suppose, do better in the outdoors, in outdoor spaces, uh, which obviously includes like leaving no trace, being kinder to the environment, but also being kinder to each other and kind of showing how you are doing better and influencing other people on how you're protecting these outdoor spaces but also being inclusive and inviting for people to get out to those spaces. We also got to speak to Teresa about her own experience in the outdoors exploring some of the amazing outdoor spaces that they have in in the United States like the national parks like Yosemite National Park which she visited on a monthly basis at one point um, and that is a powerful experience I know firsthand going down Tunnel View seeing El Capitan seeing the valley and half dome off in the distance it has a profound effect on you but Teresa as a black woman she never saw herself represented in those spaces which likely was the trigger to to this wave of wanting to make a change in the outdoors industry Okay, I'm going to stop spoiling the entire time, interview and let Teresa tell her own story. Obviously, I think we've spoken uh, once really or twice around one. Uh, various Here's my interview and, with Teresa Baker. Um, I just think it's it's amazing what you're what you're doing at the moment. It's it's fascinating. Thank you. I appreciate that. So um, I uh, know a good bit about you. I know about your career. I hope I do anyway. Uh, uh, otherwise, it'd be a terrible interviewer if I haven't done my research. But um, want to introduce it to to the to the hiker audience and to our our podcast audience. Um, you're a troublemaker. Very much so. Yes. 
Uh, and uh, what I suppose what makes you a troublemaker? What is the the calling card of a troublemaker in the outdoors industry? I I don't pretty up the truth. Um, the truth around the issues that I address are ugly and hard for some people to hear. So you know, I my approach in life is tell it like it is. That way we can all be on the same page and address the issues collectively versus being in silos and constantly being upset. So I'm about change, positive change. And however I get to that change, as long as it's legal, I'm with it. <laughs> like the outdoors industry has been known for its troublemakers, you know, the, the the climbers in Yosemite in the 50s and 60s, you've got the the walkers in the UK in the turn of the century with the, the, the right to roam. But, you know, at some point in time, that the troublemaking kind of dissipates and then in, in, someone else needs to come along and, and kind right, of right. take hold of the, the torch. And I think right, right. definitely like you and, and, and the guys that you're teaming up with uh, on the, the, the outdoorist oath is, is that change that we all desperately need. Do you want to talk about the outdoorist oath? Because uh, this is, I suppose, the latest kind of act that you, you've, uh, you've undertook. Yeah. Um, the Oath is a collaboration between myself, Patty Gonya, and uh, Jose Gonzalez. And we have an ED, Gabacha. Um, and we have other people that are behind the scenes, Jenny and Courtney, who are making this possible. Um, there's no way that Jose, Patty, and myself can do this without support. And you know, as individuals, we have our wild ass schedules. So the oath, having people to help us is really important, but it's, it's, it is about working on matters of planet inclusion and adventure. Mm. All too often, those three components are siloed and individuals are working on one with, and, and not the other two. We feel that in order to make progress, we must address matters of climate change and the planet. We must discuss making sure the outdoor industry is inclusive. And above all, have fun, damn it. And that's what the adventure piece is all about, is making sure that while we're doing this hard-ass work, we're also having fun. Yeah, right. Like the outdoors is, it is where people go to play. It is. And play, and play is, is is probably one of the most uh, therapeutic things you can do, a human can do. Exactly. But if you can't do that with 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 everybody, then what's what's the point? You know, it, it's you're, you're you're closing so many people off. Right. Um. And so, what? In, I suppose in practical terms, like what what is the the oath? What 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 does it, what is uh, it, on paper? What is the oath? Yeah, it's a commitment to those three components. Planet, inclusion, and adventure. It's a way for, we don't want to constantly tell people how to do this work. You mm -hmm. do it this way, you do it that way. We want people to think for themselves. And there, people have amazing ideas on how to address climate change and how to protect the planet and how to be more inclusive. 
people have these ideas. They just want to be part of a community that supports them in doing it their way. And that's what the oath is. It's a way for us communities across the country, across the world, actually. We have people in Europe reaching out now. Um, it's a way for us to support one another in community. Um, if you're putting on a hike or a climb or a bike ride somewhere, under the oath, you can just put a call out there and say, hey, if you're in city X or Y, I'm doing a, a bike ride or a hike, come join. And it's a way for them to gather in their small groups to talk about planet. What can they do in their area to address these issues? So it's a way for people to come together to do this work so they don't feel alone. Mm -hmm. And you, you mentioned there the the team of people that you have with you. And I, I just can't imagine the logistical matrix that it is to, to, to handle something this large to this scale. I, I, I just saw on the website there you have over 1,300 or 1,300 um, pledgers uh, to yeah. the oath uh, yeah, since January. That's huge. Yeah, we've had how many workshops? I don't, I've lost count now. I think we've had two um, official workshops. And the first one, we had about 800 people. Just imagine 800 people on a Zoom call. I, I get lost <laughs> with five people on a Zoom call. So we had about 800. And then the next one, we had about 500. So wow. It was an awesome experience. All the feedback we've received has been super positive. Um, we have a lot of companies, organizations, brands reaching out saying, we want to partner. So it's a lot of work um, on top of the individual work we're doing. So having Gabacha, having Courtney and Jenny to help organize everything has been an awesome um, you know, has been great to, you know, have them on board with us. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at your, your next workshop, which I think is on the 9th of May, possibly. Right. Uh, like, ho hopefully you can at attend that. If I can't get that one, I'll definitely be on the uh, one yeah, very, I mean, very soon. We, we sold out in a week. So once we announce our, our workshops, they fill up. Um, which is good. And, yeah. and what that speaks to is that people want to do something. Mm -hmm. You know, they want to do something and they're not certain what that something is. So the workshop gives them ideas. It, it speaks to them about the importance of doing something versus feeling powerless. And all too often, it's easy to get there where we feel we can't make a difference. But I am here to tell you, as a collective, we have the power to change things. We just have to put aside our differences and work together on a common goal, be it protecting the environment, um, making sure our organizations are inclusive. And that's from the board to leadership. And then making sure we're having fun while doing it. The fun part will keep people um, involved. If it, you wake up every morning and you're like, damn it, I gotta go to work. Damn it, I gotta go to work. That's not fun. So we got to keep the fun element, which is adventure. You know, yeah, for sure. Right next to the other two components. Yeah. But I want, I want to go back to the start. So like, how did this all start out for you? Because uh, 
you have uh, something before this you had another kind of a pledge to, uh, th- right. type thing that you worked on beforehand the right. this the outdoor ceo pledge but wh- before all that where did, where did it all start where did the outdoors come into your life i suppose yeah i've always been an outdoor junkie you know i i love being outdoors which is why i quit my job of 21 years um in w- working in real estate to do this work that that allows me to be outdoors. Um, growing up, our parents would say, go outside, don't come back in until streetlights come on. So we were outside all all day, hiking and running and playing football and basketball and just being outdoors. So I grew up and my family had uh, a horse ranch um, a couple of miles, a couple of hours away from where I live, we had a horse ranch. So that's just how I grew up uh, around that type of atmosphere. And growing into adulthood, it just stuck with me. Um, it, it, it visiting national parks. I'm a few hours from Yosemite. There was a time in my life where I would be in Yosemite once a month. For years, I would constantly be in Yosemite. Um, And just the beauty of these places and the responsibility that lies within all of us to protect these spaces, it's just something that, you know, I grew up understanding um, and into my adulthood. Yeah, that's such uh, an amazing, like, life to have or youth to have and, and being able to travel to Yosemite on a regular basis. I've been to Yosemite once. Oh and wow! That would that changed my life. So yeah. like, having a life changing moment every month must be nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's amazing. I mean Point Reyes is an hour from home, so I'm always in Point Reyes now. Point Reyes is an amazing place if no one's ever been there. Mm. It's wildlife like you cannot see just anywhere. It literally is like a freaking safari in Point Reyes. I see bobcats and 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 all type of wildlife constantly. Um, so it's a it's it's a really cool place to be. So you know, hiking is an excuse for me mm. to have my camera and I'm just out taking pictures and it's 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 amazing. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's reality. Yeah, it's where you feel like you're unplugging. As I don't know if you know, uh, Shalita Curtis, uh, Dra- uh, Dragon Sky, uh, long distance hiker, potential or not potential, future two hiker or mm. um, triple crowner. Oh, okay. She was on the podcast there recently, and she uh, she said it's it's like plugging un- unplugging from the matrix when you get outdoors. We spend time in nature and surround yourself with with the world. It is right. truly like like unplugging from the matrix. Um, so uh, you you started working in the outdoors but what was your first kind of introduction of working in the outdoors I don't I don't I've never worked for an organization you know that was attached to the outdoors I've just done this work I've been a part of a lot of outdoor organizations um, either as a participant or an actual organizer. So groups like Latino Outdoors, Outdoor Afro, um, I've been a part of those groups for years. And and the whole purpose behind them is to get people in the outdoors. 
people from underrepresented communities who don't often feel welcome in these spaces. So we take them out on hiking expeditions or, or camping, um, just exploring the outdoors so that people begin to feel comfortable and can rely on their own skills to do it on their own. Hmm. And do you think, over, particularly over the last couple of years, there has, has there been a change? Do you see a change over in, in the West Coast or in the United States in terms of the diversity of people that are uh, getting outdoors? I am. Um, and if you take to, you know, a platform like Instagram, every morning I wake up, there's a new grassroots organization that has formed to get people outdoors. And that speaks volume to me because what it says is that the traditional organizations that are already in existence don't support these people who are creating their own. Mm-hmm. We need to find a way to do away with that because it's only further creating divide in this country. So we need to make sure these um, traditional organizations are welcoming people from underrepresented communities. And underrepresented communities are not just communities of color. There are people with, you know, um, who are abled, body abled differently. There are people um, from the LGBTQ community, um, different body sizes. All of these people are from underrepresented communities. And when I say that, they're not the traditional faces you see on brand and brand marketing and Mm -hmm. advertisement. When you take to, I mean, it's changing. I would literally say over the past two years since the pandemic, I've really started seeing a shift. Um, But six years ago, I wasn't seeing me. No. I wasn't seeing people with, you know, who are able-bodied differently. Um, I wasn't seeing them. They weren't the, the traditional makeup in marketing campaigns. Now I'm starting to see that. So that's progress. And I applaud the outdoor industry for, you know, sticking to this because this work isn't easy. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm definitely starting to see a, a shift, a change, more inclusive people. Yeah, and I I would hundred percent think that a lot of uh, a, a good chunk of that is down to the work that you've been doing over the num- past number of years with the outdoor CEO pledge. Um, what what goes into making a pledge like that? Like how how did you come up with the concept and then develop that? Yeah, myself and a guy named Chris Perkins, um, who recently became a dad. So oh, congratulations, Chris. Of- yeah, the majority of his time is posting pictures of his son now on Instagram. <laughs> like, that's his full-time job now. So myself and Chris, you know, I reached out to Chris, I don't know, four, five years. I don't, I've lost track of time now. And I said, hey, Chris, I have an idea for a CEO pledge where CEOs commit to this work. And immediately Chris said, I'm with it. Let's do it. So we started reaching out to, you know, um, brands, walking the aisles at the Outdoor Retailer Show, making sure people were aware of who we were and what we were doing. And it was a slow response. People were like, I get the hell out of here. Ah, we're not interested. Ah. But eventually people started coming around. Marmot, to Marmot's credit, Marmot was the first company to sign on. Um and after that, it, it started, you know, picking up and 
Um, it's a commitment that CEOs of companies commit to. Um, mm -hmm. And every year, well, not every year, there are, after they sign on their initial year, seven, eight months in, they're required to submit a report that talks about what they're doing, what they're still having um, difficulty with, and what their future plans are. Some people submit a two-page report, and some people just go overboard and submit 12-page reports. I'm like, geez, thanks. But it's a commitment they're making to this work. It's a commitment yeah. they're making to diversify their boards because a lot of these boards on nonprofit, 90, 95% white. So mm -hmm. it's a commitment that they're making to make sure their boards are more inclusive, to make sure their marketing campaigns are more inclusive. So it's a commitment from the CEO. Um, yeah, in the outdoor industry specifically. Yeah, but it bleeds right through. Obviously, CEO is the decision maker, and that bleeds right through to, to the rest of the organization. Right, it expands out. Uh, and what 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 do you think was the biggest hesitation to to signing up to something like this? People are scared. People don't know what to do. How do mm. they diversify their boards? How do they diversify marketing? They, you know, not knowing what to do places fear in front of progress. Mm -hmm. And I totally understand that. But we also provide leadership for them. We provide workshops and training so they don't have to feel they're doing, you know, doing it on their own. So we offer assistance, but people still fear making a mistake. Yeah. You know, we, we live in this call out culture that we have to do away with. People make a mistake and they're trying their best. We should applaud that. We shouldn't criticize people who are making attempts. So we mm -hmm. we encourage people to try, fail and try again. That's the only way we're going to get to better. Yeah. Sam Bakis uh, says, if, if, try, if try, fail, fail hard, fail better. Um, so we just need to keep keep trying at these things like there, there there is yeah as you said there's the, the the call out nature rather than a call in nature and and trying to bring people in and say look hey you made a mistake there and let's but let let's learn from that and, and find the best avenue and it, like speaking as a brand because the hiker is a brand in the outdoors industry as well and we try to do our best and we're a small company and actually that that's something that i wanted to ask you about as well like the companies that, that would sign up to these odes, uh, are they generally like companies that have been in existence for 5, 10, 15 years? Or are, are you seeing small organizations like really, really early stage kind of companies signing up? There's a difference between the oath and the pledge. The right. oath is for individuals. We, we want individuals to be part of the oath. Um, sure. The pledge is different in that it is for companies and organizations, period. So if you are a small company, a company of two, you can take the pledge. But we also have large companies with, you know, 10,000 employees. So we it runs the gamut. Um, and the people who are making the biggest impact on the pledge are the smaller to medium-sized companies. Granite Gear is kicking butt. Um, 
I'm always in communications with them because they're always, they're constantly trying. Mm -hmm. And that's what it's going to take. Um, you know, we have large companies like Patagonia. Um, and we have two, you know, small companies with two or three people. So what the pledge is showing the industry is that it doesn't matter your size. It What matters is your commitment. So that's what we hope to inspire is people committed to doing this work. And through the oath, there are individuals who are using the hashtag how I oath. And they're showing people, you know, the adventures they're on, the work they're doing around the protection of the environment. So it's happening. And it's it's awesome to be a part of that. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting that how you've combined the uh, aspects of climate change, environmentalism with um, with inclusivity and 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 uh, the education around inclusivity. Because it, climate change, really, if you look at what's going on in the world, the biggest uh, people, or say the, the the communities that are being impacted the, the, the most, are those that are below the poverty line. They're those that are, are unrepresented in those in campaigns. And I'm talking like globally, you know, outside of the outdoors industry specifically, but that's what we're seeing worldwide. Mm -hmm. So you can't have a conversation about climate change. You can't have a conversation about environmentalism without talking about uh, uh, racial di diversity and inclusivity and including LGBTQ plus or body-abledness. Right. Um, so I feel that this is like, it is kind of the, uh, I, I, I'm hesitant to use the word dilution, but like, if you know what I mean, it's, it's the amalgamation is the kind of the best way for people to kind of go, okay, this is a, a perfect way for us to start having this conversation. Um, yeah, I think the assumption that a lot of people have is that climate change will not affect them. It's currently affecting mm. everyone on this planet. You know, um, it, it doesn't just affect people of color or people from underrepresented sure. communities. It may affect us harder because you have a lot of these refineries and companies that pollute the environment daily situated in communities um, uh, how do I put this? Situated in communities that some would describe as um, poverty driven. But when you look at the effects that climate change is having on this planet, mm -hmm. it's affecting all of us. Climate yep. change is real. When you can have a forest fire along the California coast in January. That's a yeah, problem. That's a problem. You know, that, that doesn't just affect people of color. That's affecting anyone who lives along the coast of California or in Colorado. You're having fires in the middle of winter. Mm -hmm. You have... Our oceans polluted with plastics and these freaking face masks that we've all been wearing for the past two, three years. 
that's pollution. And that pollution is not coming just from people from underrepresented communities. We are all part of that problem. So we all have to be part of the solution. So it's affecting us all, perhaps in different ways, but it's not going to attack my community and skip over yours because you happen to be white. It's mm-hmm. going to attack you too. And that's what sure. people have to understand. We must address this collectively. We can't stop what's already happened. Perhaps we can slow it down, but we've already started the evolution of this ball of madness that's upon us all. So mm-hmm. what do we do? Do we keep pointing to other communities and say, it's your responsibility? Or do we step up and say, for the sake of my kids and my grandkids, I too have to be part of the solution? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well said. Yeah, absolutely. We, we, it's our problem. It's our, it's our collective problem. And the oath is a great way to be like, hey, everybody, let's all get together and solve this. You know, we're not going to solve it, which is terrifying in its own right. Yeah, yeah. But, but we, can, we can do something about it and we, can, uh, right. and we can have fun while we're doing it as well. Great thing. Speaking of having fun, uh, what, what, like you've got a really busy schedule. Like uh, um, how do you, are you spending much time in the outdoors? Are you going on hiking trips? I make it a point to be outdoors as often as I can. And, and at least three times a week, I'm out hiking somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my commitment to self. You know, I have to be in the places as a reminder of what I'm trying to protect mm-hmm. and what better way than hiking and exploring. So that's my constant reminder because these places are falling by the wayside because of man's ability to do badly, to do bad things to the planet. So I'm I'm always hiking somewhere. Point Reyes being one of my favorite places. I'll be in Yosemite um, next month. I'm in Seattle right now. Um, I've been able to get outside and enjoy some of the sights here. Um, I'll be back in California sometime tomorrow. So I'm always hiking and exploring. I always have my camera to make sure I capture what I'm seeing, um, the beauty and um even with a camera, you can't really capture the beauty no. that you see. Um, but being but out the, there, yeah, it's a reminder. The, it really is that the best photographers, and like I know some fantastic photographers that are out there, but unfortunately, I'm sorry, you cannot replace the real thing. Like that that ton, that tunnel view coming into Yosemite Valley is just it. Yeah. I, I'm not ashamed to say I, I welled up. I cried when I saw yeah. that for the first yeah, yeah. time. It's, it's wild. amazing. It's so much beauty out here. And there's so much history as well in mm. these parks. You know, we explore these parks and the National Park Service, to their credit, they talk about the exclusionary history that they have in some of our parks where Black people were not allowed. There were literally signs up that said four whites only. And the, 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 cr- the credit goes to the National Park Service for saying, yeah, that was our history. They mm-hmm. have museums that talk about it in our national parks. 
But you also have places like Yosemite, where the first rangers to protect Yosemite were the Buffalo Soldiers. And that's the history that we don't learn in school. That's the history that isn't talked about enough. So that when we hear those stories, we're like, oh, I have a history there. So we have to continue to get those stories out so people feel that these places are theirs too. Mm. And, and and there's the other layer of, of the you know native lands. I think there's a, a hundred and eighty, possibly I got my numbers wrong, but about a hundred and eighty different uh, um, Native American families and tribes that were existed on Amer- in North America alone, mm-hmm. uh, and they're only the recognized ones that you know right. the, sta- the land was stolen from them. Right. Uh, That's the uh, history of America. Yeah. You know so all of our national parks, all of our public lands, period. There's a story of a tribe that's associated, you know, in those areas. Again, to the credit of, you know, the National Park Service, they're finally getting around to acknowledging this and um, trying to make amends for a history that did away with some of these tribes. So, it's a tremendous history lesson in our parks. And we need to make these stories available so that people know the true history and see themselves in some of those stories. Yeah. So as part of this oath, obviously you want this, this is, you want this to spread far and wide. You mentioned that you've got people coming from Europe that are are, uh, making this, the, this, are signing up to the oath. Is that what you want? You want this to be a kind of a worldwide uh, thing that people sign into? We do. We want people to see themselves as the oath. The Mm. oath is not me. It's not Patty. It's not Jose. The oath is the people, because sure. if it's just Jose, uh, Patty, and myself talking about it and doing the work, that that's that's not making a difference. All the people who have attended the workshop and continue to get the word out about the oath, that's how it will spread. That's how the work will happen. And the companies that are reaching out saying we want to partner and we want to be a part of it and they educate their um, employees, that's how the word will get out. And through people like yourself who continue to talk about it and share it on their podcasts and, and websites and such. And so what can, what can people do now, listen to this, if they want to get involved to, uh, to be part of this? Yeah, sign up for workshops, go to our website, learn what we're doing. Um, and know that there's a piece of that that's set aside for you. What commitment are you making to planet? What are you doing as far as your outdoor adventures? And what are you doing to encourage your employees, the brands that you buy from? What are you doing to encourage them to be more inclusive? So we can all do something, bug the hell out of these brands, tag them in your posts, to make sure they know that you're watching. Every individual that does that, these brands are watching, they're paying attention. So we have to make sure that the call to action is put out by all of us as individuals. 
And once we, you know, get the ball rolling, which it already has, and more people are talking about it, they can't ignore us. So that's what I want to encourage people to do is bug the hell out of companies, brands, um, government agencies to make sure they are aware that you're watching and through the oath, you're holding them accountable. Yeah. And there's never been a more powerful time in, in our lives to be able to do that. Look at look at all the, the, the various different things that have happened over the number, past number of years where social media, you know, for all of its, you know, bad sides, it, it, it is an f- incredibly powerful tool when it comes right. to, to social change. It is. Um, so use that. That's, that's here. That's free. To, there has never been another time in history where we've had an opportunity like the internet to bug the hell out of people, to tag them in everything, to email them. This is the time in history to bug the hell out of people to make sure they're doing the right thing. Awesome. Yeah. Well, that's, that's some message to to go out of just bug the hell out of everybody. Yeah. But also hold one another accountable because we too play a role in getting this right. For sure. And, and, and also the, the rather than call out, call in. Absolutely. We, we got to do it. We are doing away with this call out culture and making people feel like, yeah, I can make a difference. And I know people are watching and I know they will give me the grace of getting it wrong if I do and the opportunity to do better. Exactly. If someone's trying, they're trying. Right. You know, they they might have said the wrong thing, but it's all about trying to just educate and make right. make sure they don't do it the next time. Uh, absolutely. absolutely. Well, Teresa, I know you've got an incredibly busy uh, schedule. I don't know what time it is there. It's probably early morning there at the moment. You probably need to get a, another coffee into you and have a head off in your busy day. But thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure getting to know you. Um, and hopefully you can talk again soon. I'd love to catch yeah. up with you at some point and see how the oath is going and we're absolutely you can count hiker in on uh on uh, uh, any way we can support in any way absolutely i appreciate i appreciate you reaching out and thank you for the opportunity thanks Teresa. all right take care not gonna lie uh when i went to record that one i was a little bit nervous uh someone i've been following for for quite a while um, and the work that she does is, is so good she's like in the circles of people that I follow like um, Winnie Clapper from, from Patagonia and uh, a bunch of other Sarah Crocker from Backcountry you know it's just so many different people that are in these outdoor companies and working in the outdoors industry that I you know really look up to and getting the chance to speak to Teresa was it, I was a little bit starstruck I'm not going to lie um, so it was fantastic to get some of her time she's got an incredibly busy schedule um, and I was so thankful and grateful for her to, to make time to come on to the show and hopefully there was something in that interview that resonated with you uh, I certainly implore everybody to go and check out the outdoors Oath. if you are working in the outdoors industry go check out the outdoor CEO pledge um, but certainly everybody go check out the Outdoors Oath there's workshops on constantly I don't know how they're doing this it, there's insane numbers of people that are on these calls um, but go check it out it's the Um that's it for this week 
thank you so much for listening and uh, we'll be back soon i don't know if there's gonna be an episode next week i am actually running a ultra marathon next week and then i'm traveling for quite a bit uh, i'm gonna try and get another podcast out next week before i go but don't worry there will be another podcast very very soon regardless uh, one other thing before i go keep your eyes out on hiker social media if you're following us on email keep an eye out on your emails there is something going to be announced next week um something i've mentioned on the podcast recently enough um probably too many times uh left people wondering but yeah there's gonna be a big announcement on our social media and emails next week so just keep an eye out for that until next time i have been on hamilton and this has been the hiker podcast happy trails people